Welcome into the 11 Debcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Bo and Johnny on a Monday taping. It's important that we note it's on a Monday <laughs> because last week we recorded on a Monday. And my friend, what was one of the questions on the Ask Us Anything segment? Could you read? Uh, I believe I'm paraphrasing. Well, why don't you paraphrase? Go ahead. Yeah, the the idea was, is, you know, were there any hints? Were there any signs based on what we saw <laughs> in the mission game, the Big Ten championship game? about whether Urban Meyer was going to be uh, not long for this Ohio State coaching world. And we kind of laughed that off, I think. I, I think our response was something like, no, you can't. You could not possibly know that or infer that from what we saw in those yeah. two games. It's it's impossible. Yeah. So, so we, we taped this on Monday night. And uh, Tuesday morning, I'm driving into 97.1 The Fan. And it's about – I usually try to get there, you know, around 10 to 9, something like that. The show starts at 10. and I'm about 45 minutes from downtown and I get the, uh, my phone just starts blowing up and I look down and I see at like seven 30 in the morning, urban out or whenever it was. <laughs> and I went, come on, you gotta be kidding me today of all days. This is how right. this is going to happen. So we raced down and, and we ended up three, doing three hours of a show because it's, you know, that's a monster story. So instead of 10 to noon, James and I did nine to noon and it was really, Really, um, it was one of those days where in this the profession that I've chosen, it's really fun to do it because the emotion are so raw and the information is coming so fast. You're kind of just shooting from the hip. Um, I, I think if you were to now that well, we've had some distance real quick, but I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I tell you my, my quick story, my reaction to yeah. this? Because I had kind of a, a similar situation. Um, I wasn't feeling too hot last Monday. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, Tuesday morning, I guess. And so I had called in sick from work. And the thing is, like, when you're a teacher, you hate calling in sick from work because it's, it's actually more work to just have to deal with all the lesson planning and the fallout from somebody teaching your class that doesn't know how to teach your class and all this stuff. And um, so, you know, I sit in bed and I got up at like six. I had been lesson planning and like writing everything out and making sure everything was done to the nth degree. And I'm about ready to get all snug in my bed and take some medicine and just, you know, pass out until like noon or something. And literally, like I was literally in the process of pulling the covers up by my, you know, little, little chin and tucking myself <laughs> in and be all snug. And then my phone blows up and I see all these like, oh, Myers out. And so I had yeah. to get up and I was the only person on 11warriors.com, the only staff writer who was like up and, and like aware of all this. <laughs> I had to notify everybody. Everybody. And I'm calling like Dan and I'm like texting Kevin. And there's just, it was just for the next four hours, I just wrote. And it was, I was, I was, you know, excited because it's exciting when breaking news happens, but I was so tired and so sick. Yeah. <laughs> so angry. That's not ideal. In that moment. Um, but in the aftermath, you know, it's, it's, it's a really crazy story and I'm glad we could talk about it. Yeah, yeah, and I we real I also could you know we acknowledge that this is a week into it, but I think it gives you some perspective on this thing. And the thing that it jumps out to me that jumped out to me right away in listening to Urban's press conference Tuesday afternoon, and in the time that's followed, is that the question from the from the uh, the question on the person on the ask us anything was a hundred percent right that right. this wasn't spur of the moment that Urban has known for a very long time that this was the case. Um, he even mentioned so far as to say the Indiana game, but then he went on so far as to say even a year ago. Um, I My own opinion on all of this is that health is at the top, followed by the way that what happened this year and just hadn't enough of it. I, I think the combination of the two, 
because he was asked in the press conference, did this, did the Zach Smith stuff contribute? And he acknowledged that it did. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that it did. And, and I think that with daughters and wife and, and they are on social media all the time and, and all of that kind of converging on him along with, you know, the cyst thing, which he's been dealing with for a while and is exacerbated by stress. He reached a point where he said, it's just, this is not, this is not worth it anymore. Um, and, and so that's how you get where you get. And, um, I think he's known probably in the back of his mind, he's probably known from the day that, that this suspension became real and he was going to be suspended for three games. He probably started to head and get himself wrapped around that. This was possible. That's what I believe anyway, that, that he started to wrap his mind around that that was going to be the case. The health is, is real. It's not made up. It's real. It can be managed. He's managed it before. Um, but the combination of the two, beca it became a situation that was untenable for him. And now we're left in this spot where you try to make sense of moving on without him because nobody thought that this would be the case. If you go back to June, <laughs> you know, you don't think this is it for Urban Meyer. That's for damn sure. Right. Um, as you've had the, the gift of perspective now, how do you look back <laughs> on the events of a week ago and everything that's followed? I, you know, I think this is something, this is a topic that we have talked about for a while. And, 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 you know, people have always kind of speculated on how long Urban Meyer would be at Ohio State. And we've, you know, and when I say we, I just mean fans, media, everybody in general is just kind of understood, I think, that this wasn't going to be a 20-year gig for Urban Meyer. And so part of that, I think, maybe softens the blow a little bit for a lot of people, because I think that's what was expected, that he probably wouldn't last a super long period of time. Um, I'm, I guess that my, my two thoughts were that, you know, I think, first of all, it's kind of astounding how young he still is. Like, I know you see the incredible amount of stress and, and pressure that he puts on himself and that he is under because of the nature of the job in general. Uh, but dude's like what? 54 still 54. I think it's still, yeah, just remarkable. Um, the, the amount of drama and stress that you see on this guy. Uh, in, in part, some of it self-inflicted. I mean, I'm not going to pretend mm -hmm. that it's not. Um, and then the second thought was that, you know, we mentioned this on the site repeatedly, is that when is the last time that Ohio State coach got to leave on mostly their own terms? And it's just, it hasn't happened. Paul Brown, so this, right? Yeah, exactly. So this has been a real, I mean, it's been 60, 70 years. So this is, you know, yeah. just a really interesting, odd transition for Ohio State in a lot of ways. And that it's it's not even considering all the stuff over the summer with Zach Smith, it's not as drama filled as it has been in the past, which is kind of remarkable. So the, well, I think the transition to Ryan Day is going to be really smooth. And, uh, you know, it it helps that you don't have a, a firing, you know, towards the end of the season. Well, it's it's less drama filled in that he got to do it on his own. But the right. drama around the program is absurd this year. Well, I mean, yes. it's just absurd. Around the program. And we'll get to how that contributed to Dwayne Haskins and what happened to him on Saturday as well, because I think it had a great contribution to it. Um, this was it's amazingly similar to his the end of his tenure at Florida. I mean, it's almost step for step the same um, from the from the from the national championship early to the longtime starting quarterback four-year starter in Tebow or three-year starter in Tebow, four-year starter in JT, transitioned to a pro-style quarterback that Urban's not totally comfortable with, John Brantley at Florida because Cam Newton stole a laptop, and <laughs> Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, who Urban was never very comfortable with. Both had off-field stuff. It was players at Florida at the end. It's his own managing his own staff at the end at Ohio State. Um, so there's a lot of similarities between the two, both citing health reasons at the end and a, and a belief at the end of the 10 years that you're not going to coach anymore. 
And and then here, so that's where we sit. And then we'll see if the similarities continue if he ever coaches again. I think when you try to wrap your head around Urban Meyer's, what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State, he is the best coach the program has ever had, in my belief. He is responsible for the NFLization of Ohio State football. In other words, come here, go pro. We'll get you set. Um, He modernized the program. He modernized the Big Ten, probably just as importantly. He modernized the Big Ten and said, "You're going to pay assistant coaches. You're going to." He didn't outrightly say this, but his actions at Ohio State demanded everybody else do it. Your facilities are going to get in order. You're going to recruit at a high level. You're going to pay assistants. You're going to pay strength coaches. His his what he's been responsible for in that regard, you can't even wrap your head around the impact he had. I mean, he took what the impact he had when he went to the SEC, as he said. I can run the spread offense in the SEC, and everybody said, no, you can't, and he won a national championship in year two. Yeah. He goes to Ohio State, and he says, well, I'm going to recruit the same type of players Alabama does at Ohio State, and I'm going to go get kids from South Florida and California and Texas. You watch me. And then he did it. So that that's that's what he did at both places. That's groundbreaking stuff. But there, there are those other things, too. He is responsible for a three-game stretch, the likes of which you'll never see that are as magical as anything you'll ever see in the history of this program. They've been playing football a long time. When you talk about 2014, um, he's responsible for every single year when you tee it off in August, thinking we can win the national championship. That won't be the same next year. That no. will not be the same next year. No, so, it won't. So this is, I, I don't <clears throat> know. And I, I was listening. I, I saw the interview with Gene Smith on the site where he's, where he said the expectations for Ryan day are the same. I know he has to outwardly say that, but that can't be real. It can't be real because this level of play has never been seen before and will be hard-pressed to be duplicated ever again. That's the reality of it. It hit me over the weekend, Johnny, because I, I don't know how – maybe just seeing him with Dwayne at the Heisman or whatever, but like the idea that Urban Meyer is no longer our coach is hard for me to wrap my head around. Like It seems like it went really quick. Yeah, and, and just because he's had such – I mean, I, I think – all the things that you said combined just lead to such an imprint on a program where it really is truly urban Myers program. And I think, you know, for Ohio state fans, the, the image of Ohio state, whatever they have in their head, as it's been built up over their lives, I, I think that takes precedent over Meyer, but I think nationally, it, it, this is urban Myers football team. It, it's, it's not necessarily an Ohio state football team. It's an urban Meyer football team. To that and point that, really quickly, how yeah, many kids ahead. on this roster came to Columbus to play for Urban Meyer and right. how many kids came to Columbus to play at Ohio State. I would yeah. guess that the first wins out by a large margin. And that and that's exactly my point. Like he doesn't I don't think people quite understand how he has been able to shape not just the perception of the program like nationally in terms of wins and losses, but just in terms of how it functions. And that's what's interesting about Ryan Day is that you've got a guy who's been really successful and I think is really intelligent, personable guy. I think he's going to do really well at Ohio State but it is a huge shift it really is a big big change in the way things are done not just because you know Ryan Day is his own guy but because Urban Meyer has put such a specific stamp on the program and when you take that off you you change everything so I I mean I agree with you I I think it's going to be markedly different I think Ohio State can still be really successful I think Ohio State can still win championships under Ryan Day but it is going to be really different and I think people need to prepare themselves for that a little bit which is fine like that's that's an opportunity that's that's interesting that's fun that's that's going to be like going to lead to a lot of conversations a lot of productive like analysis and all that but 
if people expect Ohio State to come in in 2019 and look just like it did this year, it's not going to happen. Like it's 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 a different program now, and I think people have to accept that. To that end, I would make an argument to you that starting with Earl Bruce and continuing until now, at every time that there was a coaching change at Ohio State, the perception, and I think in in every case, the reality was you were getting a better coach. When you, when you <laughs> yeah. got John Cooper replacing Earl Bruce, Cooper was the hottest coach in college football, and not immediately, but relatively quickly, put Ohio State on the map nationally and allowed for you to compete with anybody, anywhere, and recruit some of the most talented teams in the history of the program. Now, he didn't beat Michigan, and that has to be said. It's like, you know, it'll be on his gravestone, like, unfortunately for Coop. I love him as an individual. Um, but he put Ohio State nationally on the map. Well, when you lose John Cooper, then you get Jim Trestle. And anybody who followed coaching knew what Jim Trestle was. I don't know that anybody knew you're going to beat at Miami for a national championship, but you knew damn good and well you're going to beat Michigan, and you're going to be good, and they were. And then Jim Trestle leaves, and you get Urban Meyer. Well, you knew what that was. You knew what <laughs> you knew what Urban was. But right. There was only one guy who did it to his level and maybe better, and that was Saban, and that's it. And now you get Ryan Day, and Ryan Day's never been a coach anywhere. Ryan Day went three and zero, and and he impressed us with what he's done offensively with the help of Kevin Wilson. But there is zero proof that Ryan Day can can manage this. None. Uh, it's on the faith of what you've seen in three games. And I would put to you, and I like Ryan, but I would put to you that our expectations for Ryan Day were so limited when he got the interim job that him having a <laughs> successful press conference was like a lap around the track. Do <laughs> you remember this? You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and, and honestly, the fact that he could handle a press conference, we're right. going, oh my gosh, how great is this guy? He was great answering questions <laughs> from our beat guys. Like that was the... That was the threshold. We had such a low standard for yeah. greatness here. Like there was nothing in those three games that let us that let us believe that that there was nothing that led me to believe. Oh my gosh, this guy! I mean, we weren't sure. playing Alabama. Is my point, right? Two, th- two things about that. So, two things so about that. Real quick, let me just wrap up. Yeah, go ahead. The, go ahead. the one, the the so so that doesn't mean that he won't be a tremendous success, right? The reason that Ryan Day was hired is because the infrastructure stays the same. Pantoni, Marotti, Voltolini all stay. Stamper, all stay. So Urban's infrastructure stays. So that's critical to the move forward. But it will also be critical in my estimation that Ryan Day has his own program. I do not believe that Ryan Day can run the Urban Meyer program. I don't think that's a recipe for success. Yeah. And and okay, so these my two things about that. To your point, you're absolutely right. And there are people who were shocked or, or maybe not shocked, but maybe who did not expect Ohio State to go 3-0 simply because they didn't really think Ryan. Like, if they lost the game, I think people would have forgiven Ryan Day. And be like, oh, it's a tough situation, kid. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. You know, we don't expect great things from you. And I agree that that 3-0 start gave him a lot of credit that maybe is a little over-earned, if, if that makes sense. Like, it's, it's something that maybe you don't really have to give him that much credit for. In retrospect, the second thing, though, about Ryan Day is really kind of what you just mentioned, which is that you have that infrastructure. You have the key things that have made Urban Meyer, um, you know, special and and, and really help the program, like just just be a well-oiled machine. But what's interesting to me, and this is something that I want to ask you about, because I'm I'm curious about your, your thoughts on this. Do you think Ryan Day was hired because he is viewed as an up and coming star in the coaching ranks? 
or do you think he was hired? Or it could be both. But do you think it's more of he was hired because they think he's an up and coming star in the coaching ranks? They didn't want to lose him to a you know a school like you know like Temple or some other place. Uh, or is it because he can carry on, or at least they perceive that he can carry on the type of success and, and structure that Urban Meyer's brought? Maybe not schematically, but in terms of recruiting and and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. All right, I think that's a three part answer. So I think the reason that Ryan Day is the head coach at Ohio State. Number one is the infrastructure. So okay. he keeps the backbone of the program in place. So the right. thinking is these guys are the lifeblood and they're all brilliant. And so they will keep it rolling because they are there and they are the heartbeat, right? So that'll be a continuation of the urban program. So that's the first reason he's hired. The second reason he's hired is, is because Lincoln Riley has worked. It's right. worked. Now, the, the difference <laughs> between Lincoln Riley's situation and Ryan Day's situation is Lincoln Bob Soup's left Lincoln Riley with a kid named Baker Mayfield and a kid named Kyler Murray. Yeah. And I don't know if you paid attention to college football the last two years, but those are the last two Heisman winners. So <laughs> the stable at that position was loaded. We are not loaded at Ohio State. We're not. Not a quarterback. Dwayne's gone. So that's the big difference, right? So, in fact, the offense you saw this year under Ryan Day, which was electric, is, was piloted by a first-round pick quarterback. And next year, the offense will look entirely different. Either one, whichever quarterback wins the job, it'll look entirely different. The third reason that Ryan Day was hired, and this is the one that I think ended up being the one that pushed him over, and this is why nobody else interviewed. By the way, the other part of number one, the number one answer is the early signing day, December 19th, and Urban said it in his press conference. Now, if you make a coaching change and they are and they sign with the coach who's the coach when when uh, on December 19th, if you make a coaching change after that, then they can get out of their letters of intent. So by making this thing seamless, if they sign on now with Ohio State, they're locked in to Ryan Day. So that's the other part of number one. Back to number three, the man who made the hire. Gene Smith, when you're an athletic director at a place like Ohio State, you get credit for two things. Your resume is built on two things. And Gene has done marvelous with the non-traditional sports, the non-revenue sports. He's crushed it. I mean, he's it's stunning how great Ohio State is at everything. I mean, they're like the Stanford of the Midwest. They're good at all the non-revs. It's incredible. Like the fact that wrestling and synchronized swimming and men's tennis and volleyball, all this stuff, and they're good at all of it. But the only thing that really matters are two things. Did you build buildings? And he can't build buildings because they're already built by Andy Geiger, unfortunately. (laughs) Two, can you hire a football coach and a basketball coach to a lesser degree? He crushed it with the basketball hire. You cannot argue with him. He hired Holtman. Holtman's been great. He has crushed it. He is never going to get credit for the first urban hire ever. He was not the one who made that hire. He might've been the one that sealed the deal, but that was not him. That was people far above him. And so this is his hire. And by getting Ryan day, he gets to, this is a bold stroke by giving Ryan day, the keys to this kingdom. He's not an Ohioan. He has no ties to Ohio state other than the last two years. I don't know what his coaching tree looks like. I don't know where his assistants are going to come from. He's got to build an infrastructure in the state of Ohio. He's only been here two years. This is not urban coming home. This is not Jim Trestle already knowing the state. This is something else. So this is a bold master stroke for Gene Smith. We'll find out if it's a master stroke or it's just a stroke. You're going to find out in the next couple of years. But Gene's going to get a lot of credit for this. And this was Gene being bold. And I think Gene wanted to put a stamp on his legacy at Ohio State one that is tricky 
I mean, you got to remember, Gene is a guy who, who when they hired Urban Meyer, they didn't let him announce him at the basketball game. They had Archie do it because they were fearful that he'd be booed. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is true. Which is true. And I think, and think in retrospect, that's hilarious. But that is absolutely true. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing about Ryan Day. So I'm really optimistic about this guy. And, and maybe because I, I don't know, I, I feel like he's incredibly... Like, I feel like he's the kind of guy who understands how to recruit in 2018 and 2019 in a way that maybe mm-hmm. Urban Meyer doesn't. And, I, and again, I'm not saying anything that Urban Meyer can't recruit or anything like that. Or he has, but obviously, he has. The <laughs> proof is in the pudding. But I just think about, I know a couple recruits that Ohio State is pursuing right now. And from what I've seen and what I've heard is that the style that Urban Meyer approaches the the job, which is both recruiting and coaching in general, is I don't want to say falling out of favor or passe, but it's not as nuanced or as um, intentional, I guess, as it could be in terms of like appealing to kids in 2018. And I think Ryan Day has the ability. He's young enough, and I think he's also locked in enough to how kids think to where people might be pleasantly surprised by that. So that's one thing that I just want to say in his favor, that I think this is a guy who will approach things in a way that will be different, but still effective. The other thing about his his coaching background, which I, I find really fascinating, because if you look at it, you go to Wikipedia and you pull it up. I mean, the guy's he's from New Hampshire and he's been everywhere um, and he's done all kinds of different things. I don't know that there is, I mean, I'm trying to think even in like men's basketball, like, has there been a hire of a coach where you don't have a guy who like, I, I guess what I'm saying is when Jim Trestle came in, right. In, in, you know, the early two thousands, you've got a guy who has a, a uh, pedigree of like winning tournaments, right? Because when you're at Youngstown state, you go, you got to go through the whole like tournament system yeah, and win a playoff in there. John Cooper, of course, his big thing was recruiting. I don't think people really have a fully formed idea of who Ryan day is yet. And How I could we? Gonna, and I think they're going to have to have that like quick. I think he's going to have to establish that so where they can like really understand what his stamp on the program is going to be. And that's that's to me what the most fascinating part about this is because I think he's going to do a lot of the little things that Urban Meyer excelled at. Uh, I think he's going to do those really well. I don't know that people will see those. I am more curious about what you were saying with what the offense looks like and you know the people that he hired for defense because I don't think Bill Davis is sticking around. Shock of no. all shocks, uh, but but Brian Hartline is, and so I want to know what his staff is going to look like, and I want to know what he's going to do to approach that in a really visible way to fans who are going to be you know seeing the proof on the field. I'll tell you this: he's going to have to get some recruiters with presence on his yes. staff. Larry yeah. Johnson has it. Brian Hartline has it. I assume. I mean, Behart has pretty good presence. Whoever he gets to replace Greg Schiano and Bill Davis are going to have it. They need a big presence. I hope he can keep Kevin Wilson because I think he needs to have another former head coach on that staff who understands mm-hmm. trying to navigate it. Um, that's going to be critical because I'm going to tell you what, buddy, when you walk into a recruits living room and you're, have you ever been, you've been in a room with urban yeah. when urban walked into, when he, when urban rocks into a room, you notice. Yeah. When Jim Trestle walks into a room, you notice when Nick Saban walks into a room, you notice there's a gravity to it. Ryan right. day does not have that yet. Here's another thing. There is no longer, if Larry Johnson were to retire, which some people say could happen, I don't know if it will or not. I mean, he's 66. I don't know how long he wants to do this. 
there are nobody there's nobody on that staff who's won a national championship hmm. yeah yeah they're all gone no, that's, that's important we won a national championship in 2014 the staff is totally different yeah think about that you can they're you all gone the ring yeah absolutely you bring that into a kid's you know in parents house and say hey this is what is possible urban meyer could walk into a room throw three national championship rings on the table roll them out say that's what we're about yeah who can yeah. throw a ring on that staff now i'm not trying to i'm just saying the idea i think it was like a shell game that happened last tuesday it was almost like pay no attention to the fact that the greatest coach other than Nick Saban, who's coaching the last 30 years is leaving. We're going here and everybody's in step with it. And right. it's like, well, wait a second. Like, he may very well work out fine and I'm rooting for him, but Holy hell, this is a big deal. What happened here? It's a really big deal. And the idea that Ryan day on a three game, what if Ryan day would have went two and one, does he not get the job? <laughs> Maybe not. It's all honestly. I mean, honestly, like if they would have lost to TCU, does he not even get considered? Right. It's it's entirely Gene didn't even possible, interview anybody else. Gene didn't interview Matt Campbell. No. How do you not interview Matt Campbell? Yeah, I, I think I think you don't want to get into some kind of protracted bidding war. I don't think you want to lose. I, I, not only that, but I think you're right. Your earlier point where you're talking about wanting to put a stamp on this and say That's this the is real other guy. This is my choice. Yeah, Matt Campbell is like the logical, okay, let's go after this guy. Frankly, I mean, I, I don't I think Matt Campbell could very well turn out to be an incredible coach, win national championships. I would also point out to people that Brady Hoke had the same reputation that Matt Campbell did. Um, you know, going I don't out know of that's true, buddy. I would have I, I would have to correct you on that. I don't think that's no, true. I disagree with that because I I Dude, the, I'm gonna tell you just let me stop you right now. No, go I for it. I will tell you this. This is the absolute truth on this. Brady Hoke was never going to be considered to coach in the National Football League when he was at San Diego State and Matt Campbell. Oh, that's fair. So that's so yeah, Brady Hoke was somebody that but he was not Matt Campbell. Just but, just I I don't mean you know what I mean. It's just a he's on a different level. Here's here's what I would say about that though because I think perception is I guess my point with this is perception is such a huge part of this and I mean I agree with you. Matt Campbell is considered to be much more of a a coaching like you know, mind obviously than Brady Hoke. And I, you know, at this point, obviously that's, that's undeniable. But if you look at like records and things like that, it, to me, what I am more, most curious about is not necessarily like the hype surrounding a guy. I want to see what a dude is actually planning to do infrastructurally with the program. If Matt Campbell comes in or whatever program he goes to and has a plan that works out great, which I'm sure it will. I and mean, the guy seems really talented and smart then that's awesome. But I don't know that Ohio State, I guess what I'm saying is that I think Ohio State should be hiring guys based on ideas and not necessarily um, resumes at this point, because you don't have an Urban Meyer that's sitting out there, if that makes sense. You don't have a guy that you're like, okay, the yeah. proof is in the pudding. We know this guy's going to win 20, you know, 20 games in a row. To me, I, again, Matt Campbell, again, very smart, very intelligent. There's tons of guys out there do that. But I don't know that functionally hiring Ryan Day is that much different than hiring a Matt Campbell. Not that you shouldn't have interviewed the guy, but just that I don't know that there's I don't know what separates those guys other than a head coaching record in terms well, of Matt Campbell, big, which is fairly mediocre. Well, that's a big deal, though, right? Like being a head coach and running a program is a big deal. Yeah, so this yeah. is they've never done this. It's been, a you know, <laughs> he's never coached yeah, but does Iowa, i guess what i'm saying is does iowa state prepare you for ohio state that's really what i'm sure. saying like yeah of course it does 
Yeah, just like Utah prepared Urban Meyer for Florida. Yeah. I don't, to have I, success I, at Iowa State is hard. Right. Well, that's true. In that that's league, true. it's hard. He's not yeah. he's not going, you know, nine and four at Texas and trying to get the job. I mean, he's <laughs> at Iowa State. Right. He's second fiddle in the state of Iowa. Yeah. That's tough. And the, in terms of an innovator, and I'm a big fan of his. Um, and I'm not alone. Obviously, the NFL, I mean, he may end up with an NFL job by the time this uh, this offseason is over. Um, and I'm not suggesting that he was the no-brainer hire here. I just think that this this is a big gamble, and I hope it works. And I like I like what I've seen from Ryan, but this is the most unknown Ohio State has been hiring a football coach in a very long time. And yeah. if the number that one reason why you hire a football coach is because you get to keep Urban Meyer's infrastructure, that's a lot going on. It is. It, you know, I mean, you're you're absolutely right about that. And it's going to, you know, we are now in, in territory where Ohio State, I think, may be very uncomfortable if, you know, they go, you know, eight and four, you know, eight and five, seven and six or something like that. Like that's things things will change very quickly in Columbus if you see uh, a guy like Ryan Day struggle a little bit. And, you know, as you said, maybe not be able to get a handle on the program the way. Uh, and a more experienced coach or, or a different guy might be able to do. So this is this is uncharted waters uh, for you know Ohio State and something that I don't think I don't think I've ever seen at least in my well, life. They ever? Watching, so don't you have to go back like seventy years to before hire a coach who had no previous head coaching experience at Ohio yeah, State? I yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, pretty much. I don't even know who it would be. Yeah, I don't know. I so no that's that's where you're at. Now it may work, maybe a home run, but but. Also, like the one thing that a week's worth of perspective has provided me is uh, the real. The, it starts to set in that Urban Meyer is no longer your head coach, and that's that's a tough one to wrap your head around. Uh, yeah. Be sure to visit Eleven Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.elevenwarriors.com. All right, let's get into the uh, the Dwayne Haskins over the weekend. So Buckeye social media went nuts over the weekend with uh, the perceived slight. Of Dwayne Haskins. I say perceived because of the way uh, your initial perception of it was. I say actual slight because that's what happened. So, <laughs> and the main slight happens on Sunday morning on college game day, right? Yeah. So, college game day is the most, well, it's the best pregame show. It's the best studio show that and inside the NBA are the two best studio shows that exist. And they're it, they're the Hall of Fame. Anybody in TV would acknowledge that. Um, and I would say College Game Day has more power than any studio show that's ever been created, and that I think oh, they easily. sway actual opinion, yes, uh, big time. So easily. they decide to do an interview, as all of you know by now, um, of the Heisman with with the Heisman guys, and they choose to do the interview with Tua Tagovailoa and with Kyler Murray and without Dwayne Haskins. So why does that happen? Well, it probably happened for two reasons. <clears throat> Excuse me. Knowing how television works, an executive producer probably said, "We're going to get these two guys on. They are going to be the two guys who are going to be the front runners for the Heisman, and they play on ESPN in two and a half weeks in yep. the national semifinal. So we can kill two birds with one stone." Now, the very simple way to solve that would be to have interviewed Dwayne later on in the show. They were all in the same place. They could have done a one-on-one -on -one with Dwayne about Urban and about his season and about all of it. Um, they did not. So then Reese Davis comes on and says, he goes on Twitter, and this is a huge mistake for Reese, who I think is really good at his job, but says that a three-person interview is unwieldy. Well, it's not, because later on in the afternoon at halftime of Army-Navy, 
CBS has a three-person desk, and they put all three of the guys on the desk. Okay, right. so you can very easily do it. Now, to to tell you how out of control sometimes Buckeye social media can be, I had somebody then tweet me that they weren't satisfied with that because Dwayne was sitting by himself on one side of the desk while the other two guys were on the left side of the desk. Listen, <laughs> you have to balance the desk, okay? Like if you're looking for that, then you got too much damn time on your hands. So, so yeah, I don't no. buy that. Okay, so now the bigger question is, why did it happen? This is what I believe, listening to national people uh, who host national radio shows. I don't think anybody paid attention to Dwayne Haskins until the Michigan game. And I don't think, and I think the reason they didn't pay attention to Dwayne Haskins is twofold. Number one, most of the people nationally were wrapped up in the Urban Meyer, Zach Smith story. When they thought of Ohio state football, they thought of Urban Meyer, Zach Smith, and they didn't pay much attention to the games. Yep. The second thing that happened, you lose by 29 to Purdue on a week weekend in college football. You lost by 29 in the primetime game that a lot of people saw. So that's the second thing that happened. So people didn't start to pay attention to Wayne Haskins, the player until the Michigan game and certainly not until Northwestern. So the fact that he was a finalist is probably pretty remarkable when you consider nobody paid attention to the quarterback at freaking Ohio state until the Michigan game. The last part of this is the part that's tricky. How many times when asked questions about Dwayne Haskins, would urban Meyer answer something about the offensive line or the receivers or the mm -hmm. running backs or Tate Martell. We used to joke that he could not be asked a question about Dwayne Haskins without bringing up Tate Martell for no reason. <laughs> I mean, you just bring him up. Well, why do you do that? Cause he's trying to recruit Tate Martell. So he doesn't transfer because he needs depth at the position. I get it. But Dwayne Haskins did not even receive the praise of his own coach at any point was urban praiseworthy of Dwayne, man. I at no point. Bo, I have I have so many thoughts on on those exact points that you brought up. Um, I wrote about this, uh, I think, on Sunday morning, I guess. And I I, I want to add two things to that. First of all, I think you know your point where they were, were focusing entirely on Urban Meyer and, and the whole you know controversy and story surrounding him is one hundred percent correct. And you have a fine when you were when you were trying to construct, um, you know. Not, when you're trying to construct a story of a game that you're trying to broadcast, right? My perception is, and again, I'm not, I'm not out there in the production booth and making these choices. I'm not the director of anything, but my perception is that you have a finite amount of time to tell the most impactful story that you can. Yeah. The most impactful known story. It was urban Meyer and continued to be urban Meyer throughout the season as they focus on his health issues and all things like that. And what's, frustrating to me and what really bothers me is that was to the detriment of Dwayne Haskins who was out there like you know having the greatest statistical season in Big Ten history so yes that's part of it the second part of it is to me is that I 100,000 and maybe I should have I really think I should have emphasized this more and what I wrote on Sunday Ohio State did him a huge disservice him meaning Dwayne Haskins by not talking yes. his 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 season up more and also kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit because you're allowing the urban meyer narrative to just perpetuate instead of talking up this insane amazing season that your quarterback's having i i mean look as i know that we don't do uh heisman campaigns the way we used to 10 years ago where people are you know putting out billboards and bobbleheads and doing all kinds of goofy little promotional items it's more it's more electronically based it's on twitter and whatnot but for for Ohio State to basically like Jerry Emig just putting out, you know, kind of a perfunctory like, well, 
you know, we've got this, uh, you know, we got this quarterback's pretty good. <laughs> He's just as good as all the, the other two finalists. And to do that, like in the last like couple weeks of the season as their Heisman endorsement of their quarterback, to me, was just too little too late and, and really kind of sad on the part of Ohio State where they really should have been talking this kid up way, way earlier than this. And um, the final thing is I just I was watching the Heisman ceremony and I, you know, they're talking to Urban Meyer. Like, when did you know this guy was like something special? And he was really like, you know, this Heisman worthy. And he said, well, after the mission game, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't believe the mission year? game is when we realized this guy was one of the best quarterbacks in the in the United States. I'm pretty sure we found that out like almost immediately. Um, so I just I. It baffles me that Ohio State waited so long to talk this uh, season up that Dwayne Haskins had, and it's just an enormous missed opportunity, and it just bothers me a lot because this is a historic thing that we just got to witness, and it hasn't been treated like that for three months, and I just think that's sad. Well, to take it a step further, Monday, he is named a Heisman finalist, okay? Right. Monday night. Tuesday, instead of talking about Dwayne Haskins, what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Urban Meyer's retiring. Right. He doesn't even get a day. The kid didn't get a day. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It was absolutely it crazy. crazy. Like, unless you were a person, and I try to pride myself as somebody who do who does this, who watches the games, as many games as you can, and then on takes a Sunday morning and goes over it. And I do this every week because I take the responsibility of a Heisman voter very seriously. Mm-hmm. And unless and most don't do that, Johnny. Most don't. No, I'm sure they don't. Yeah. Most don't. I mean, I was listening to whether it's Mike Francesa or uh, a lot of these East Coast guys who vote for the Heisman who saw, saw Dwayne Haskins didn't see him play until the Michigan game. Had no right. idea what he'd done statistically. Had no point of reference. We're in it. We're watching him every day. We know what Dwayne did. But many of this was undone by uh, – and, and listen, the only reason that Dwayne was handled this way by high State PR is because that's the way Urban would have wanted it handled. Right. They're not doing anything without his okay. Right. They're not doing anything without his – at his everything they do is at his behest. So for whatever reason, this is the way Urban wanted to play it uh, with him. And and so you get what you get. Um, it's sad, frankly, because this is the single greatest single season career in Ohio State history. I mean, he was Cam Newton. He was Cam Newton. What Cam Newton did at Auburn, he damn near pulled off here. And he did it with more distraction than any kid has ever had to deal with at Ohio State. Yeah. And he... He is single-handedly. The reason he got my Heisman vote, you know the way I do this. I do the five toughest right. team be without you, and then I look at what type of adversity did you face. Dwayne won. When I, it was, it, I went Dwayne, Kyler, Tua. I think if Tua's not on Alabama, they still are in the same spot they're at. Yep. Alabama, Oklahoma certainly would not be in the college football playoff without Kyler Murray, but they probably still be nine or ten wins. If we don't have Haskins this year, Eight wins, yeah, I, eight seven I mean, wins. I mean, think about think about how long he was the entire offense. Like it's ridiculous. the entire offense for eighty percent of the year. Yeah, easily. I mean, so, I, yeah, it, I can't it, wrap it, my head it frustrates around. me. And, then, and yet, his own coach would be asked about how the way he would play, and you'd hear, "Well, we got to get Tate some snaps." <laughs> Why? Why? Because yeah. he won't run the damn option. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy. The other thing I want to add about that. So there were some comments on the post where people were like, oh, well, this is just bias against Ohio State. This is not this has nothing to do with like Ohio State specifically. I think it has everything to do with expediency and the time involved. It's not some ESPN SEC bias or anything like that. 
Troy Smith, if you go back to 2006, right, and you look at the Heisman finalists and who, like, was up for the Heisman 2006, Troy Smith had a great season. He had an excellent season. He, you know, he's fine Heisman candidate. There are a lot of guys that could have gotten a look in 2006 who did not because the, the narrative all season was you got Ohio State, you've got Troy Smith, you got Jim Tressel. This is a lock. Let's let's yeah. make that story about Ohio State. And that's that's largely why Troy Smith kind of just sailed to the largest, I think, margin of victory in Heisman history. That's right. Even though you got a guy like Calvin Johnson catching twelve hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns while Reggie Ball is throwing to him, the worst yes. four-year starter in college football history. Uh, I mean, even you know, I guess what I'm saying is is that it's it's not people want to look for this kind of like this this sinister background or whatever. And it, it's not. I, to me, it's about expediency and trying to uh, come up with stories and storylines and ideas and narratives that, that are, that you can stick with that You can develop over the course of a season and you don't want to change track in the middle of the season when you've spent so much time and effort into one particular idea. And if you, you know, ESPN or whoever was going to broadcast games, Fox isn't going to be talking up Dwayne Haskins all of a sudden in the middle of October when they've spent so much time talking about Urban Meyer's health issues and all this other stuff. And Urban Meyer and Ohio State certainly didn't help change that uh, direction of that story, of that narrative. No, so at any point this season, did you hear Urban Meyer say Dwayne Haskins is the most gifted thrower I've ever been around? No. Even I though that's not the it. truth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he never got to really coach Cam Newton. So yeah. he is the answer to that question. He's got a better arm than Alex Smith. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's It was never said. I mean, there was no praise of Haskins until it was too late. Right. You know, there's no praise. And he was asked about Haskins every press conference. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and I think Doug Maurice wrote about this, for the, actually. For the Ohio State media, that's the yeah. biggest thing. That's, that's what we care about. That's what we yeah. find most fascinating and what we've yeah. been harping on all season. I think Doug, Doug Lamerice wrote about this for cleveland.com, wrote about, I guess he finally asked Dwayne about it. Like, have you noticed this? And yeah. Dwayne's answer was essentially, yeah, I have. That's the way coach wants to keep me hungry, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, you got him for one year. <laughs> right. So, and I don't have a problem with Kyler Murray winning it. He was great. I mean, he was yeah, spectacular. Fantastic. He was, in fact, in the five toughest games, Dwayne's, Dwayne basically was like a 386, three touchdown, 68% passer. Um, that was like his average against the five toughest games Ohio State played on my system. And Murray was like 73% passer, 320, but then 78 yards rushing. At a so, I mean, they were very similar between the two of them statistically. Yeah. Like you could have gone either way. The thing that pushed Haskins over the top to me was where would the program be without him and what does he had to deal with off the field? And the answer to that is a lot. So yeah. that's how I came to the conclusion I came to. But um, it was it, it was crazy. It's been a hell of a week, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> on the Ohio State, on the Ohio State front, and we're then, so and now, tired. Oh my God! And now you're gonna have now you got this Washington game floating out there. So there's we'll we'll get into that in the in the coming weeks. But don't forget to follow the Eleven Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we got time for some Ask Us Anything's, and hopefully these aren't outdated by the time this posts. <laughs> We got it. We got a couple good ones. And I, you know, what's interesting is this first one. First of all, if you want to send us questions, please do so at dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter. This one's from Tyler. And this is interesting because we talked about this a little bit earlier on uh, tonight. Uh, but he wants to know. So at this point, so as of December 10th, 2018, let's say Ryan Day is going into a recruit's home. They're talking, he's talking up the program and whatnot. Are they coming to Ohio State? Would they be considering Ohio State more for Ryan Day or more for Ohio State the brand? I think I think this is something they're going to sort out. 
Um, yeah. And it, you can see like, you know, in recruiting, it's, it's okay. It's not the way it, it, it normally is. Right. I mean, they're, right. what are they like 15th or something like that mm-hmm. in the composite ratings? I mean, usually at this point they're in the top five. So the, it's not going the way that it normally goes. I, I think this, I think if you're Ryan day, what you're selling more than urban, more than Ohio state, more than anything. What I think Ryan day is selling is look at the year Dwayne Haskins had, I can do that for you. Yeah. Now I don't know what he's selling defensively because I don't think, and this is where he's in a bad spot. Cause I don't think he knows who's going to be on his staff. Um, and I think some of the people who are recruiting for him now aren't going to be on his staff. So I think that's a real tricky spot, but offensively, I would say, you see what seven did. That's what I can do for you. Yeah. I, I think this is a really fascinating question because I don't know. I mean, we talked about it. Like he doesn't have this pedigree, this, you know, this, uh, you know, background where he can kind of point to, it doesn't have the rings that he can slam on the table or anything like that. I think, so I agree that you've got to point towards Wayne Haskins season a little bit. I also think you need to point maybe towards um, just the NFL in general. And, and if Dwayne, you know, Dwayne gets a really high draft pick, like you can start, like if you're, I, I know people are going to look at it differently because you've got a whole new regime and whatnot, but I would just start pumping up all the NFL stuff because that's really what I think worked for Urban Meyer. And if you say that we've got all these right. Coaches and we've got the infrastructure. Here's the problem there. Well, yeah, problem there is Kerry Combs isn't coaching DBs anymore, and Luke Pickles not coaching linebackers. So you got Larry Johnson, and he's coached all those defensive linemen, but the other guys are different. So I mean, they've got. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a real. This is really different. Urban Meyer's the first. Urban Meyer was the first coach at Ohio State, who nationally was a bigger brand than Ohio State. Yeah, when he was hired. I mean, that's that's who he was. He was a bigger brand. So you he was recruiting, come play for me. We're going to win national championship. I'm going to get ready for the NFL. To answer the guy's question, I don't have the first clue because I don't know what – I'm sure they're going to try and sell Mickey Marotti and Mark Pantone and all those guys who identified, developed all these guys that went to the NFL. Um, but you're really selling Urban's program then, not your own. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really – it's a fascinating problem. I think that's a great question. Uh, this next one, this is from uh, Joey, and this is – kind of interesting. He says, do you think Ohio State should have given Luke Fickle a look? Uh, He's turned around the Cincinnati program, Ohio State alum, player, former coach. He's also an Ohio guy, and Ryan Day is from New Hampshire. Doesn't have any real connections to the state. Um, I don't think as long as Gene Smith was the athletic director, he was going to hire Luke Fickle. Yeah. That that has nothing to do with, like, Gene having an ax to grind with Luke or anything like that. Um, But I think it's just too recent. Right. You know, we remember – it's almost like that when you, you you almost refer to the season as the six and seven Luke Fickle season. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the stink off is off of that in that whole circumstance. So I, and I just don't think Gene was ever going to hire Luke to run the program. Yeah. You don't, I mean, I think Luke Fickle, obviously, I mean, what he's done with Cincinnati, he's, he's really done a great job with that program. I don't think anybody would deny that. And I think he's, he's turned into a really good coach, but I also agree with you that it, if you're looking at a brand, like you don't bring back a, even if, even if people might like it better now, you're not going to bring back like an advertising, you know, stint that you did that, that failed, right. You're not bringing back new Coke just because people have like some nostalgia for it. Right. Um, And I don't, I mean, I think Ohio's got enough homegrown football talent where I do think understanding Ohio is important. I think, I think you have to know kind of the nuances of the state a little bit. It's not, you know, I'm not one of those guys who thinks like, you gotta, you know, gotta have the Michigan man, right. You gotta have the guy who, who was born and bred in the program and all that crap. But I think Ohio with, you know, 11 and a half million people, almost 12 million people and 
all these different football programs and, and how Cleveland is so much different from Cincinnati. Like those are things you do need to know. And those are things that you kind of need to be able to get a feel for, uh, not just in terms of your staff, but like think about Kerry Combs, right? Like Kerry Combs is a great hire, not just because the guy, you know, was super you know, exciting and people like playing for him and stuff, but also because he was from Coleraine down Cincinnati, where it gives you an in in a part of the state where, you know, Ohio State has a little bit of skepticism among a lot of people down there. Sure. So I, I think that you've got to be able to be smart enough to to make those hires and to have that knowledge of the state. And so that is something that Ryan Day is going to have to develop a little bit. And I think, you know, guys like Brian Hartline and so on will, will help out in that. But, um, yeah, that that could hurt him a little bit. We'll see if he's able to to lock down the state and get exactly what he wants. So I don't, you know, I – I, again, as far as Luke Fickle goes, I don't think he necessarily is the is the hire uh, because I agree. He's, with you yeah, he's never going to be with. Yeah, he's yeah. never going to be with Gene. I mean, maybe, um, but he could develop into a great coach, and we'll see. You know, who knows yeah. what happens? You know, in the future, but we don't know. So, anyway, guys, that's ask us anything. Thank you for sending those in. Please continue to do so, and uh, we'll continue to answer them. All right, buddy. We will talk again next week. Good job out of you, and uh, and we'll talk to you then. Probably with much less to discuss, less pressing anyway. <laughs> For sure. Basketball time. Let's go. I'm excited. Look, that we haven't gotten super into that, but I am I am really excited about uh this this basketball team, even though I don't they're not final four, maybe, but I'm pumped. Yeah, he can coach. Absolutely. Look forward to diving into that. All right, buddy. We'll talk next week. Yep. Talk to you next week.